Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Y'all ready for the word? Hey, let's open up our Bibles to Matthew 5. We are going to be in Matthew 5 for a minute. Like, we're going to, when Pastor Tyler was talking last week, we are going to hammer down into Matthew 5 because I believe this is what the Lord is saying to us right now. You hear me? Listen, I need you to get with me. I believe the Lord is speaking a very clear and concise message right now. And you may be listening to all kinds of different things and you may be getting mixed signals, but I believe in this hour where there's all these confusions and all these things, we have to get back to the red letter. (laughs) We've got to get back to the words of Jesus and we've got to allow ourselves to funnel the Father, hear me, funnel our ideology of who God is through the life of Jesus. This is important because listen, I've, I've, we're, we live in this tension. I'm on social media. You're on social media. We watch the news. We're in different evangelical circles. And if we're not careful, we begin to fight battles that God is not in. And I believe, I believe this is one of the tactics of the enemy for this hour. You can be fighting for something that's not, that, that may be right, but if it's not what God's saying, it's meaningless. So, so watch this. If the devil can get you distracted going from meaningless battle to meaningless battle, instead of keeping our eyes on the reality that we are planted here for a purpose. And that's what we're about to hammer down Matthew 5. Because if the character and the fruit of God is not taking part in your life, I'm going to ask you not to go yet. Because I believe what is required for this hour is a people who walk in poorness of spirit, in mercy, in hunger and thirst, we're going to read through it in a second, but I believe this is what God is asking for us as a people. And I know you've come into different churches and they're like, well, let's get you on the ministry team. How about being a small group director because that is the purpose of God for your life. It's all good. It's all great. We want you to serve. We want you to do outreach. We want you to be connected. But more than anything, we want the fruit of God's spirit to be growing in your life. The character of God to be produced inside of you. So let me give you an example. There's all these different camps right now, and I don't talk a lot about politics, but I think it's important right now for us to address this because I don't want us to be on the wrong side of this dilemma, okay? Right now, there's lots of people that are like, hey, look at the way the world is going. We've got to get armed, and we've got to protect, and we've got to fight, and we've got to protect ours, and we've got to, and what I hear is a lot about me and a lot about us. And so as I've been praying through this and I've been like, God, how do we address this? I was reminded of a group of people in the time of Jesus where there was a group of people called zealots. And these zealots believed that there was a Messiah coming, but that the Messiah was coming to overthrow the Roman government, meaning they had this ideology which the Roman government was bad. You remember Pastor Tyler talking? They were not a good peeps. They had issues. They would conquer. It was a dictatorship. And these people thought and watched this because they were right in their line of thinking. Why? They were right in their line of thinking because they were being oppressed. Their problem was Jesus was not coming in the way he thought he was going to come. And so Jesus comes and he's humble and he's meek and he's riding on a donkey. And he's not saying what the zealots are saying, yet they believe Judas was a zealot. And I want to say this to us because I believe it's no different. It's the same tension today. 
We begin to look at the world through the eyes of the world. That's why I said last week, we've got to see through kingdom eyes. This time requires us to walk different. The secret place is not just for you, it's for everyone around you so that you can hear what God is saying. So that the message that is coming out of your mouth is a message that is coming from heaven. And so in the Bible, oh, let's go through the Beatitudes. I got to do this. I know I do. Matthew 5, 3. I want, I want you to read this with me. Matthew 5, 3. God blesses those who are poor. Your translation may say poor in spirit. And they realize their need for him. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God blesses those who mourn. For they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble. For they will inherit. Listen to this. They will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. That's what we're going to talk about today. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I love verse 8. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Did you catch that? Purity is not a cuss word. I'm sorry that somebody abused the holiness message, but the pure will see God. God blesses those who work for peace. Your translation may say God blesses those who are peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. It's a good word for this hour. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So God, Jesus stands up, and what does he do? In a culture where there's all these Pharisees and Sadducees and religious people, Pastor Tyler did such a good job talking about how they were good on the outside, but on the inside they were dirty. And they were waiting for this Jesus who they thought were going to, he was going to take off some of the religious, what they felt was way, but Jesus turned the whole game. When he began to say things like, hey, listen, you may think adultery is sin, but if you have lust in your heart, it's still adultery. And Jesus turns the whole game upside down in a time where everything was about the outside. It's a world, the, the whole world was about how you perceive and how you are seen. Jesus, yeah, he, he goes right to the heart of the issue and he goes, let's talk about what's going on on the inside. Blessed are those who are hungry and are thirsty for righteousness. And this is why I preface my message with you've got to be careful what lens you see through because if you look at this through Americanized eyes, you begin to want to fight for what you think is yours. And I want to remind you that the moment you said yes to Jesus, you died to your rights. Oh, you died to your rights. You, you literally, your Bible says you were left, you left this kingdom and you were translated into the new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, which operates with different rules, different regulations to live in the kingdom. You must die to be lifted high. You must go low to receive. You must give everything's backwards. And so in the context of what's going on in our world right now, it would be easy for us to plant our feet in the left and in the right and say, this is my right. I get to choose. I get to this. And I just want to remind you that Jesus is meek, he's humble, and he always operates in love. The beauty of Tyler's message last week was the consistency of Jesus. The consistency of Jesus that he would meet a woman and he would heal her, he, would, he, would, he, he emotionally healed her, a woman called in adultery, but he would also heal the ear of the man whose ear got cut off by Peter. The consistency of Jesus. 
And I believe what is required for this hour for us as a body, and this is what I'm praying for you today, because I believe that's what happened to me last week. I believe that something shifted in my heart where I once again began to feel hungry. I once again begin to understand what it's like to be thirsty. And there's so many of us I know because it's not just us, it's just the nature of the beast we're in right now that we're like, let's just get through this. I'm tired and I'm weary, but I'm, I wanna tell you in this hour, the Bible is clear that when you're broken and you're weary, in your weakness, he is made strong. So this is an amazing time for us to lean into the Father. So let's talk about this for a minute. What does it mean to be hungry and thirsty? Because I know in our world, listen, you may on Sunday mornings feel a little rumble, but there's a difference between what we call hungry and what hunger really is. You know how sometimes God sends you places and you don't really understand? Maybe, maybe you don't yet, but I, if you don't, you'll find out. God will send you places and you really don't always understand why he sent you there. Like when I went to Africa, I didn't really understand why I was going to Africa. My wife wanted to go two years before we went I'm like, living out, what? Like, so, uh. and then I'm there and I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm here to save Africa. That's why God brought me here. Like, Africa shall be saved. And I'm like, and then I got there and it was like, Jesus is like, no, I just want you to sit and watch. And I want something inside of you to die. And I don't like to talk about that because we're dead, dead, whatever. There are things inside of you that need to die as you go from glory to glory. And it may not even be sin things. It's just things that you can't take to the next level. And so I'm in Africa, and one of the main, I mean, there was so many things that marked us, but one of the main things that marked us was we, we saw what it was to be hungry. Not just like, listen, in, in America, and this, this is good, we're blessed. This isn't a knock on us, we're blessed, but we have to keep everything in context. In America, hunger is an inconvenience. I am hungry because I have not yet had the opportunity. It's an inconvenience. You can drive half a mile anyway and you can get food. And most of us have the ability at least to buy a cheeseburger. You ain't gonna go hungry. But in Africa, it's different. Hunger equates to desperation. It's, it's just as different. You wanna tell that story, baby? Come here and tell it. She was sharing a story with me. I always talk to her about what I'm gonna share so I don't get in trouble. She always gives me good insight. She wanted to share a story. Go ahead. Yeah, so we were we were at dinner one day when we were in Africa, like you were saying, and I you can see like people who are physically hungry because they're so thin, and you see that they're desperate. But we were there, and it was outside because that's how almost all the restaurants are in other countries. And um, Judah was eating a cookie, and I was like, "Oh, buddy, like you're making a mess," and it dropped to the ground, and I saw like these little kids watching. And then all of a sudden they ran up and they started eating the crumbs from under the table. And I, I like, I lost it. I was like, what's happening? I was like, they're eating my child's crumbs, like the cookie that he doesn't want that's on the ground, what's happening? And then we, uh, we had leftover pizza and I was like, we have to give it to them. And the, uh, I gave it to them and this huge fight broke out amongst all the kids and the owner came out and he was like, you don't understand what you're doing. You're feeding to their desperation. They're so desperate that they're willing to do anything. So they'll fight each other in their desperation. And I got back to our room and I started crying. I was like, we don't know what that's like, like ever. I've never eaten a crumb from someone's table that they didn't want, that I literally like crawled underneath to get. And so I was like, when they were telling us to be hungry there, I was like, we don't know what it's like to be hungry. 
I'm like, in America, we think being hungry is like he said, an annoyance. I get annoyed if I'm hungry. I, if you heard people say I'm hangry, that's me. I, I'm like, it's a real thing, but I'm like, I never really get past that real point of where I'm like desperate enough to fight you. You know what I mean? So it brought it a whole new meaning. And I, and I wanted her to share that because I wanted to frame a picture for what I believe the Lord is asking for us spiritually. I, I believe I would that none in this room would ever go hungry. I believe God wants us to be blessed, but I believe the spiritual blessing that he's asking us to step into is greater than even a physical blessing. You hear me? When God says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, righteousness is achieved through the righteous one. Romans is clear. There is none righteous. We are all made righteous through Jesus. He is righteousness. And I believe that what he's asking us is to become hungry. Listen, isn't it interesting? We all have this. We were born this way. Every single one of us, we have an appetite. We have an appetite and we're made. But it's interesting that whenever something's wrong with us, one of the first things that goes is our appetite. Like a loss of appetite is an indicator something's not right on the inside of us. And I don't know how we don't equate it in the spiritual when we're sometimes just going through the motions, right? We're just going from day to day and we're like, I'm just not feeling it right now. But I just want to say this to you. In the spirit, things are different than in the natural. In the natural, you get hungry by not eating. I want to remind you things are different in the kingdom. Because some of us, we think, well, maybe one day hunger will just hit me. It won't. It won't. In the kingdom, those who are hungry are those who are feeding. Those who, are, those who have they made up their mind, I'm going to set my face towards this. I'm going to go into my prayer closet. I'm going to be in his word, which he calls bread. I'm going to be fed. Those are the ones who remain hungry. And so I just see this, this kind of like this posture of like, well, I just, it's just been a season. No. If that's you, I believe God is wanting you to break out of that. How? You begin to feed yourself. Come on, we live in, the, in, the, in a time where there is the most opportunity to be fed ever. Well, like, well, I've been listening to stuff. Well, maybe it's time you change the channel. You begin to flow in the spirit of God. And I want to say this to you because I believe it's essential for us. We are not to coast. There's no one. Listen, Christianity, there is no bench. Everybody's in the game. That is what is required for us to step in. And so I just want to say this to you with all love in my heart. You are growing, moving, and advancing at the level of your own obedience. Like your spiritual life, your spirituality, it is growing, moving, and advancing at the pace of your obedience. I know there have been times where God has spoken to me to do things and it's inconvenient or I just don't get it. So I'm like, well, God, when it all makes sense, but it doesn't have to make sense, does it? It didn't make much sense to the disciples in John 6 where Jesus says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. It didn't make much sense when time and time again, he would reveal things to them. Come on, if we're gonna be kingdom, read through your gospels. Jesus would, many times he would say something that they couldn't comprehend. Perfect example of being hungry, man. A woman comes to Jesus and he's at a table and he asked Jesus, she asked Jesus, Mark 7, she asked Jesus, hey, can you heal my daughter? And Jesus looks at her and he says, I cannot give the children's bread to dogs. That's, that's in there, it's red, red letter. And time and time again, I have read that and I'm like, wow, that is offensive. That like, bro, you said that to my wife, we got issues. 
But what I love about the story is this woman, if you read through the whole Mark chapter 7, you realize she receives her blessing. Why? She had the ability to move beyond intellectual offense. I'm telling you, this is huge. Because it's going to be very hard for you where Jesus says, you will not be blessed until you love that Democrat. You will not be blessed until you love that Republican. Those are the feet he's going to ask you to wash. You think he's going to ask you to wash the feet of those that look and act and talk just like you? And these are the things when we refuse, we say, no, 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 Jesus, you're not moving that way. Something begins to harden on the inside of you. We begin to operate by the kingdom of the world. You know when someone's dehydrated, blessed are those who are hungry, those who are thirsty. Those who are dehydrated, by the time they know they're dehydrated, it's already too late. It takes a conscious knowing, I must drink in time. Let me read you some scripture because it's just too good. Jesus says in John 6, Jesus declares this, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will I got, you got to put it up, bro. John 6, they got to see it. Yeah, John 6, stay with me. They got to see it. John 6. He who comes to me will, what does that word say? That says never. Like that means that if, as long as I'm coming to him in relationship, some of you are too busy beating yourself up. Like I don't belong. Stop. Come to him. Those who come to him will never go hungry. And those who believe in me will never be thirsty. You notice that's twofold. I must come to him, but I must also believe in him. This is huge. Because the Lord's been speaking to me about this abiding thing. And I've realized that there is a difference between Christ abiding in me and me abiding in Christ. I believe the moment I said yes to Jesus, he abides in me. I believe that I am sealed. I believe that I have to make a conscious decision to walk away from that salvation. But I also have come to the realization, if I don't learn to abide in him, I am useless to the world. Do you know you can be on your way to heaven and still be kingdomly ineffective? You know that? That's possible. What maintains us in this place of being effective and making a difference and changing the world and destroying the works of the enemy? We've got to come to him and we've got to believe. We've got to remain in this posture of heart. I'm going to read more scripture because it's good. John 7. Time and time again, he's speaking about this. Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. This is starting in 37. John 7, 37, Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes, again, come and believe. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures say this, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. This is you. You are the you. Rivers of living water will flow from your heart as you come and you believe. And when the Bible is clear, when he's speaking about this, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. This is our inheritance. As we come and as we believe, the problem is most of us, most of us we're like a well that's shut up. And in a place where we're meant to be a river, it's like we're dammed up. And the water gets stale. And the water begins to grow things it was never meant to grow. Because it is meant to be flowing. It is meant to be going into the world. It's not just for you. 
It's not just, listen, it's in the beginning when you say yes to Jesus, it's amazing. He begins to re, 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 reconstruct and rebuild. But at a certain point, if the Holy Spirit's not flowing through you, it leads to spiritual gluttony. Maybe I wasn't going to get any, any amens as I thought. <laughs> that was going to be more amens, bro. I got booed. That's all that matters. As long as my elders are amending, that's all that matters. They're here for the long haul. I'm going to take you to John 4. Jesus meets a Samaritan woman. Do you notice this? It's interesting. All throughout the scriptures, Old Testament, Middle, End. I'm going to show you all three. It all talks about being hungry and thirsty. David says this, my heart and my flesh cry out. They crave for your presence. Time and time again, he talks about him being, oh, it's, it's just so good because I need you to see that he wants us to come and to feast from him. Yeah. Many of us, were not hungry for the right things because it's just in the natural. You can spend all day snacking and you can never be hungry, but you still have malnutrition because you're not feeding your body the right things. You never feel the hunger because you're busy feeding yourself. I wonder in the spiritual, I want you to ask yourself, if I'm not feeling spiritually hungry, what have I been feeding myself? Pastor Tyler talked about this last week. The eyes are the window of the soul. Like what you allow yourself to receive, it begins to feed you on the inside. And so we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful that we come to him. And so Jesus, there are times where you see people that are hungry. The woman with the issue of blood is a great example. Years after years spent all this money, yet you see her in this scene pushing through the crowd. It's this aggressive, nothing is going to stop me from touching Jesus. I believe that's hunger. I believe in my life, man, I have made up my mind that in my circle, I'm going to be the hungriest one. I'm just going to be that way. And if you, if you feel challenged, then come at me. I have made up my mind. I'm going to be the hungriest person in the room. I, and it's not a competition, but I believe that God is calling us to this. To be, listen, have you ever been around somebody who's hungry and it just does something on the inside of you? There are people I call throughout the week and I just want to hear what God's doing in their life. Because it stirs something on the inside. There's something in my spirit that when I'm talking to them and I'm hearing about what God is doing, it makes me hungry. Time and time again, you see where there was this aggressive pursuit. Where people, the man who was blind, are you alive? I just want to make sure you're still here. Are you here? Because we can just stop and go home. I got pizza on the way. Man who's blind, in the crowd. Son of David, have mercy. Do you remember the story? This is what I believe. Listen, I'm not asking you to be blind, and I don't want you to have no issue of blood. But I believe spiritually there's this disposition that needs to say, no matter what it takes, no matter who tries to shut me up, no matter what offense comes my way, I'm going to have him. Amen. Listen, some of you may be like, I just don't get it. That's okay. You're going to get it. You're going to get it because, listen, some of you are struggling there's these struggles. This is what happens when you don't spiritually, when you're spiritually malnourished, you start to feel lonely. You start to feel isolated. You start to feel tired. And you begin to, well, maybe it's the church. Or maybe it's my Bible. It's not any of that. It's that you were designed with a, with a hole in your heart that only Jesus can fill. No sermon will fill it. 
No person will fill it. It is something that is, it is a void that is reserved for the person of Jesus. And what satisfies, what leads us into that place is hunger and thirst. And so I love that Jesus, you see these people pursuing him, but I also love that he is the pursuer. That's what we see in John 7. In John 7, well, sorry, John 4, we see this woman who is broken at a well. And we've talked about this many times, but we see Jesus engage with her in conversation. And what I love about Jesus is with him, nothing is wasted. You need to understand this. Nothing is wasted. Romans 8, 28 says he works all things, not some things, all things together for those who love him. And so in John 4, we see that he is is engaging this woman and he meets her at her lowest point and he offers her what? Living water. The woman was thirsty, but she didn't understand that what was, what was the need on the inside of her was not a physical issue, it was a spiritual one. So what, what does that mean, Gio? That means you can work out and do this and do that and still be unsatisfied because the desperation on the inside of you is a spiritual one. No amount of money, no amount of house, no car, no husband, nothing. And so you will be on this endless pursuit of feeling dissatisfied with yourself when it has nothing to do with you, boo-boo. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to help you. What you need is to cultivate a hunger and a thirst for the presence of God. What you need is to find yourself in this place where you're like, God, you're everything I need. And so Jesus says to this woman, John 14, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will again never be thirsty. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Again, there's this offer where he's saying, Isaiah 55. I want to read to you Old Testament and New Testament. I want to read it all so you see. Isaiah, come all who are thirsty. Come where? Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? What a word for us, man. I wonder how many of us are spending money and time on things that just don't satisfy. Brother, I just can't do that. I don't have time. I want to ask you, are the things you're spending your time on satisfying you? Like the pace of life where we live right now is so busy that sometimes we don't even have the time to stop and ask ourselves, does this matter? Like it does, I was talking earlier about storing up treasures in heaven, right? Are the things that we are investing our life in, do they matter? Well, pastor, you're saying quit my job. No, I'm not saying quit your job. Unless the Lord tells you to. You better... But I'm asking you, those moments that you have, there are people all around the room, man. Some of our elders, they wake up at 5 or 6 in the morning to be with Jesus. Yeah. 5 or 6 in the morning, they just want to sit in his presence. Some of you are like, that's crazy, bro. I need my sleep. No, you need presence. That time you spend before bed on Facebook, imagine if you just turn on your Bible and just said, Jesus, I'm here and available. Imagine. And this is what we're, listen, no condemnation. I'm inviting you. 
I'm inviting you into this beautiful relationship with Jesus. Because this is what the Beatitudes is all about. You're going to learn. Blessed are those who mourn. In order for you to mourn, there needs to be a relationship. I cannot mourn for someone that I don't have a relationship with. I may feel sorry, and I may give my condolences, but in order for me to mourn, I must have a relationship. This is all relational. And so what I'm asking for today from the Lord for you is I'm asking him. I'm asking him. Oh, I got to read a couple more scriptures. Can't do it yet. Psalm 60. This is okay. This is a lot of scripture. This is good. This is what's going to break that yoke off your life. It's not my rhymes and my words. And I'm sweating a lot. Psalm 63, verse 1. Listen to this. This is David. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul what? My soul thirsts for you. My soul thirsts for you. This is before the Holy Spirit. There was something about David's relationship with God where he says, something about my soul craves you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Revelations 22, 17. This is like the end of the Bible. I've read to you, listen, I could have gone back as far as Genesis, but I just want to show you it's through the whole book. Revelations 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is what? Thirsty. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take of the free gift of the water of life. Throughout the whole book, there's this invitation. Those who are hungry and those who are thirsty, let them come. Oh, I'm reading a book right now called God Chasers. Who's read it? God Chasers. Man, there's a lot of you. God Chasers by Tommy Tinney. Our whole, our whole staff's reading it right now. He talks about this, this, this um, he gives this example. He says, many churches... We have been called to give bread, like fresh, hot bread. Bread, listen, in the tabernacle, there was the bread of his presence. It was there. The Ark of the Covenant, the, the lampstand, the bread of his presence, it was all in there. We are called to give the world bread, bread. He says the issue is most of us, we invite people in, and we're going through the carpet digging for crumbs. Oh. There's remnants of what used to be. It's still bread. And that's how we justify it. There's still bread. Look. Have my crumbs. When what's available for every, not just for Geo, not just for Geo and Destiny and our, for every person is Jesus saying, come eat of me. And what is required, you got to read through John 6. It's one of my favorite. Because Jesus, he becomes so offensive. And the, the Lord has shown me, Jesus was surrounded by people. But the more real Jesus got, the smaller the crowd got. And I'm not asking, listen, I'm asking God for more people. I'm believing that. I, don't, I believe God has much more for us than this. I know it in my heart. But here's what I know. Because we live in a world that I have to see it and understand it to believe it, we're going to miss out on the supernatural of God. But what I'm praying for you is, when you get to John 6, about, chapter, about verse 68, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, aren't you going to leave too? He says that. It's so countercultural to our churches today. Please come. We will not talk about sin at all. And we won't talk about repentance. And the Holy Spirit, he moves in small groups. It's so countercultural to everything. But Peter understood through relationship. Through its relational equity. It's knowing his heart. He says, where else are we going to go? You have the words that give us eternal life. 
Ah, he has no options. And what I'm praying is that you would have a holy dissatisfaction. I love that this page is wood. It adds emphasis. <laughs> that we would have a holy dissatisfaction with the current state of what's going on. That like, it happens to me. I go to bed at night and I, sometimes it's just like, Jesus, we need more of you. I don't want to go on a website and learn how to grow a church. I need you. I just need to be led. And, and Jesus, if you tell me that this, this is what it's going to take, if you say, Jesus, you want us to worship you. Pastor Tyler said this week, he said to me, he said, Gio, we've got to get past singing songs that people like and singing songs that he likes. We're, we're just too worried trying to people please. And we don't ever stop to just ask ourselves, Jesus, what do you want to hear? This can go down to our prayer time. Some of us, we have this routine. Well, I go sit for five minutes, and then I read my, my Bible plan, and then I. What if we just went in with, with, from the beginning? Jesus, what do you want to say to me? Jesus, do you want me to sing, or do you want me to stay still? Do you want me to read, or do you want me to journal? But it all starts with this. Jesus, I'm available. And the only people who are truly available, I'm not just talking about lip service. Because Jesus was clear about those people. These people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. How can you be speaking something that your heart beat? They weren't hungry. They weren't thirsty. They were more worried about what people thought. Hello? They were more worried about what people thought than God. So here's what I want to do. I want us to stand. And what I really want us to do is I want, to, I want us to enter into a, a moment of, of prayer together. Can we do that? Can you, can you promise me something real quick? That in these next 10 minutes or so, you're not going to be so worried about how you say things. You're just going to be obedient to say it. Sometimes we don't say anything because we're so worried about what people think around us. Or I don't know how to say it the right way. How about you just say it? Because listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Some of us, we've been sacrificing, sacrificing. Well, God really wants his obedience. He really wants for us to say yes fully with our heart. So, man, if I, if I can get, uh, Anthony, can you come real quick, bro, please? I want us to just close our eyes. We're going to get really good at the quiet thing. And I'm just going to ask you to just, just, just connect your heart with the Lord right now. Just ask him, God, what's in the way?
Jesus. I just, I ask right now for a rekindling of the flame. And I thank you that your will for every person is not just to get through, but to hunger and to thirst after you, after righteousness. Father, you say to us to come and to believe. So God, I'm asking all the frustration, pride, ego in the way that it would just die right now. And that we would surrender. Teach us how to love you. Teach us. And you know what? I want to ask very simply all, all around the room. If there's people here that feel like, man, I feel like I've, I've been in that mode. Just like this get through. Just kind of like this grind. I really feel like we, we need, we're supposed to pray for you today. So if that's you, would you just lift up a hand all around the room? I'm just in this get-through mode. Yeah, who else? Around the room, just lift it high because we're going to have people going to pray. Get through, get through. Can I get some of my, my prayer team just to go around? We're going to pray and we're going to bless them. Keep it up, keep it up. Nothing weird's going to happen. We're just going to pray that that thing would break. I got a few up here. And I just want you to pray over them right now that that thing would break. Your Listen, the Holy Spirit is in you and it has the ability to break the yoke. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, we pray for every single person in this room. God, I thank you that you have amazing things for his life, for their life. And God, I ask that you, that thing inside that is holding them back from stepping into hunger and thirst, that it would just break right now in Jesus' name. God, I ask that they would yield, yield, yield. I believe some of us, there's some things we just need to repent of, trying to control situations, continual things that we're going back to time and time again. Lord, forgive us. Oh, repentance is beautiful because he always responds with grace. Father, forgive us for those things that we've done time and time again. And Father, give us clear vision, yeah, clear vision for the future. For those of us that have just been going through the motions, clear vision, God. And Lord, I even believe that there are intercessors in this room that you're raising up to stand in the gap. Father, people who have tapped into your heart and they, 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 they deposit something into the earth, God, and I ask that you would awaken those people right now, that the spirit of intercession would fall on them, God. Wow. God, all heaviness right now, all heaviness, condemnation, and guilt, we just bind it right now in Jesus' name. We bless you to hunger and to thirst. We bless you to hunger and to thirst. 
And I just hear the Lord say, come, come, come. Oh, Jesus, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Man, is there anybody who didn't get prayer? I just feel nodded again to do that. Anybody who needs prayer for anything right now? You have a need. Just a few minutes longer. Just linger. I even sense right now that there's some that God is saying, you need to learn to love yourself. Man, I feel that so strong. You need to learn to love yourself. Sometimes we have problems with intimacy with the Lord because we don't think we belong there. You need to learn to love yourself and stop giving yourself to lesser things. I'm telling you, stop giving yourself to lesser things. There are people in this room that you know you're called and you're anointed and you've been chosen, and you're giving your time to things that do not matter. It's the flesh. And it's almost like God is like, how long? Wow. Jesus. Father, I ask for every person here that they would begin to feed themselves. Those who are hungry, they feed. That they would feed themselves from your word. Guys, let the word be the principal thing. Turn off the podcast, get in your word. Turn off YouTube. Upper room is not the Bible. Get in your word. Let those things stir you. Let those things stir you, but allow your heart to be drawn. Father, I'm asking that we would become lovers of your word. Jesus, that we would see you from Genesis to Revelation. You're in the whole book. You're in the whole book. That we would see you, God. I'm asking that some would just start. Just start. Thank you, Father. Father, I'm believing that today is going to be the beginning of some they would make a choice. Listen to me. I want to say this last thing. Hunger is not imparted. It is a choice. Did you hear me? I cannot impart hunger to you. That's why I didn't call you up to lay hands on you. My hunger cannot be imparted into you. It is a choice to say, I'm going to feed myself of the things that matter. So I'm asking you, man, as, as a leader, just because I love you, not even for the church, for you, begin to feed yourself. Go into your phone, download the Bible app, and just choose a plan and be consistent. 
and watch as God begins to speak to you and work. He's faithful, amen? Amen, well, I love you guys. I'm praying this for you, that you would, that you would make a choice this week. I believe the next few weeks are significant, but here's what I know. If you'll bring your hunger, he'll match it with his supernatural. I believe next week, if we all come with the right posture of heart, we'll be explosive. I believe it's going to be powerful in the spirit because I believe it's what God is doing. Amen? So listen, turn around, give somebody a high five. We love you guys. Barbecue fundraiser next week. Don't forget, combined service, come early. Get plugged in in a group. Burns Barbecue is going to be doing the barbecue. It's going to be amazing.